This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is contacttalkradio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on tunein.com, ping.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I am joined by yet another phenomenal guest, and I can't wait to get into this. So who is my guest today? Well, my guest today is a gentleman by the name of Nathaniel Schooler. So born into a long-established entrepreneurial family on both sides, Nathaniel has from an early age known the struggles business leaders can go through to build their skills, to build their brands, and to create jobs. Nathaniel's father was highly instrumental in profoundly influencing him during his early years as his dad studied industrial management at MIT and ran Flush Metal Corp with Nate's grandfather in the 1950s and 1960s in New York State until moving to the UK 45 years ago to start a new life. While Nathaniel was growing up, his dad taught 2,500-plus postgraduate business students and had the pleasure to work alongside him in the family wine business. Nathaniel knows that even now, with his dad being the age of 84, that his dad continues to be a wealth of knowledge and a great inspiration to him. Nearly 10 years ago, Nathaniel left the family's wine business to become an independent consultant. Nathaniel manages daily life stressors by keeping fit and unplugs by doing Tai Chi, meditation, and receiving plenty of physical daily exercise. Nathaniel quickly acquired the knowledge, insights, and skills to leverage the use of his own personal brand. With much resilience and focus, he connected with people, nurtured relationships, grew and expanded his network. Nathaniel successfully accomplished this by building many opportunities, securing reputable mentors, and has established a few solid friendships along the way. Nathaniel's prior experience in premium retail, wholesale, and export taught him ample about business communication and recognizing it being about real-world authentic relationships. Nathaniel prefers to avoid techno-talk and meaningless jargon at all costs, as he knows it to drive people crazy and less than true meaningful connection. Nathaniel has access to an extensive portfolio of networked global technical expertise and experience and is therefore able to create opportunities for empowering, encouraging, and guiding people to take control of their brands. Nathaniel uses time-honored branding processes and best practices passed down to him from one of his most amazing and influential of mentors and shares the wealth with all his already successful and aspiring clients. He infuses his infectious enthusiasm coupled with his honed interpersonal and soft skills to educate, empower, and help navigate others' businesses, creating real results with and, with and for his clientele. Nate digs into all the key issues to grow and expand insights and build brands through the beating heart of business to create tangible value from his partnerships, relationships, and journey. Nathaniel works with businesses of all sizes from solopreneurs, startups, and SMEs to the likes of Microsoft and IBM. Nathaniel wants his talk daily. If you love what you do, you will never work a day in your life. Nathaniel, what a repertoire. How are you, my friend? Welcome. Very well. Thank you. Thank you. Really pleased to be on the show. Well, I'm really grateful for the gift of your time. I know how off the charts busy you are, and we're going to get into some of the things that are going on behind the scenes for you uh, that would likely soon be launched and up and running and public news and everything like that. 
But I want to first say, you know, whenever I'm I'm graciously joined by a guest, somebody of your accomplishment, somebody who has obviously honed their mindset, somebody who is committed to fiercely empowering other people every day by paying it forward and being of service with the skills that you've acquired, the talents that you obviously have, uh, I'm always interested to first know the inception of your journey. So we understand through what I initially said uh, in the introduction here uh, that you came from a line of entrepreneurial genes. So in terms of you having branched off to become an independent consultant, what was the defining moment for you that you thought, okay, I've, I've got the skills, I've had a fantastic mentor in my father, uh, but I can do this on my own now. So why don't we talk a little bit about the inception of that journey? Well, when I when I left my family wine business, we uh, I, I basically started out as an independent sales consultant. Mm-hmm. So I I used to do a lot of new business sales for for my dad's business, and and we used to supply the Tower of London and Hampton Court, and we also exported to to I think around fifty one states in America. Uh, Japan and a few other places around the world but so I was kind of I I was quite good at at dealing with people and I had a fantastic business coach who was he was a soft selling coach Mm -hmm. and he was very good at networking and he actually uh, unfortunately passed away uh, last year actually early part of uh, part of the summer last year but he wrote uh, a book called The Networking Survival Guide, and and that really helped me actually quite a lot to build relationships with people because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings around business networking and certainly business networking at events and how to do it. So I think most importantly, the first thing I did was actually learn uh, how to explain what I did to people very, very simply in words that anybody could understand. And that's, that's, that's the most important thing that I did. So I explained to people that I was a freelance salesperson and I could help them to sell more of their products. So then I, then I, I, I got about two or three different clients. I started working with some microbreweries because that was a time when uh, the the kind of real ales and and the niche kind of microbreweries were were becoming quite popular in the UK. And I also got a job with with uh, well, a client with, with, which was a brand design company, and they specialised in drinks brands. So those those three three clients really worked very very well together, but. When I was with the drinks brand company, I kind of just found a passion for marketing. And I always wanted to learn about marketing. And sales and marketing, I've always known a kind of just different sides of, of the same coin, really. And it took, it took a little bit of time. And, and then I, I moved into marketing around six, six years ago, approximately, and I went into, uh, into starting a business with, a, with um, an internet marketing geek, and he, he was very good at generating traffic for the website, very good at search engine optimization and AdWords and all the kind of, you know, the stuff that, that we don't, I don't really like to talk about because people just get bored, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, me, me included. As soon as I start talking about SEO, I just, I just kind of just yawn, you know. And uh-huh. um, and so, so I, I did that with him, and we did some really fun guerrilla marketing campaigns. So, so what we did actually one one year, I said, I, so I was with him for nearly two years, and to get our business launched, we we partnered with a, a dental marketing, uh, sorry, a dental practice management consultant. And she'd been in the dental industry for many years. And she went into dental practices and actually taught people how to sell to, uh, soft sell to the potential patients. Okay. So she did that. And she also had a business where she would help the suppliers to sell into the dental practices. So it was pretty cool. And so what I said was, I said, okay, what we're going to do, we're going we're gonna to go to the biggest dental event in the UK and we're going to take a professional cameraman with, uh, with a huge camera and a microphone and we're going to go and we're going to interview all your clients 
and we're going to interview some dentists as well. We're going to find some dentists to interview, and then we're going to build our database and, and build and build our email list and, and this. So this is this is what we, we we did. And unfortunately, I was in the car. I was in a jeep. And my, I was buying a jeep from my friend at the time, and, and we were on the M25, which for everybody who doesn't know, it's an awful road yes. that goes around. Okay, <laughs> you've heard of it, yeah. I've been so, on it. You've been on it. <laughs> All half, right. my, half my family lives in England, so I'm quite familiar uh, with what you're referring to. It's 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 hell. <laughs> okay, okay. So it's it's an awful road, okay, and it's the worst the worst road ever because it goes around London all the way round, and it doesn't have enough lanes. Yeah, basically yeah. the traffic is just awful for anyone who's who's kind of listening. So we set off at like 7 a.m. from from the sticks, which was about an hour from London, and we drove. We were driving to Birmingham, okay. So we got onto the M25, and we were just about to go onto the M40, which is what takes you past Oxford and all the way up to Birmingham. So it's about a three-hour drive, uh, approximately. I think it was maybe 6 a.m. So we were heading round, and my Jeep that I that I was going to buy it just broke down. So so at the time, I had my sales and marketing uh, coach sitting next to me. I had my business partner in the back, and the cameraman was in his own car, uh, and I don't know where he was. So, so I just pulled over. I called him. I said, so where are you? He says, I'm just coming on to the M40 in a minute. And I said, well, I've just broken down. You're going to have to take the guys with you. Okay. So, so, so he basically pulled, he, he pulled over and he took the guys who were with me. I stayed with the car and waited for the, for the recovery truck to come along. And he, he basically drove them all to Birmingham and they, they went into the dentistry show that we, we didn't tell anyone we were coming. We were completely, no one knew we were coming, the organizers, nobody. And the only person that knew was the dental marketing, uh, sorry, the dental practice management consultant. And so these guys, they were doing all these interviews where they had clipboards and they're just walking around <laughs> this, this, this show, right? And they interviewed loads and loads of people and we got loads of testimonials for this practice management consultant that we could put on our website because sales and marketing are the same thing. They're, they're to, sales people like to think sales is different to marketing. Marketing like to think sales, but it's all linked together. You, yeah. you know this, right? Yeah. So... So I, I waited around and I, I had to go on the train to get to Birmingham because the Jeep was not working. I had to literally uh, go to a Jeep garage and get the part for the Jeep, get the RAC guy to fix it, but he couldn't do it. So I said, look, I'm sorry, I have to go. I need to get somewhere. Can you drop me at the station? So I left him with the keys to the vehicle. He said, okay, I'm going to put the key on top of the wheel arch. You go and do your stuff, and you can go and pick it up on the way back. So <laughs> I, went, I went to Birmingham, and I arrived. I didn't get there until 3 p.m. Okay, seriously, <laughs> it was 3, 3 p.m. There was nothing that I could do, but but my guys, yeah, they were all in their element. They absolutely were just having a brilliant time, and 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 they interviewed loads of people. We built loads of got loads of videos, and we used all this video to kind of promote our business online, and 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 it was really really successful. So that was kind of just one of the things that I did to uh, to grow the noise within within the market, you know, because it was a niche. You can kind of walk into these niches quite easily and, and do this sort of stuff, but. I think a lot of people know about this strategy now. So, so kind of taking a massive camera and a cameraman is probably not going to work anymore. <laughs> well, for what you've described, Nate, it sounds like a bad episode of Mr. Bean meets Monty <laughs> Python. <laughs> <laughs> you poor thing. But you know what? I love the fact that you shared that with myself and the listening audience because this is what it's all about, right? When you're, when you are just Jones and to do what you're passionate about. And for you, I mean, clearly you're an entrepreneur because everything you just described there, that's the mindset of an entrepreneur. How do we be creative? How do we be ahead of the curve? How do we just show up? That's what being an entrepreneur is. You just show up. And the fact that you were able to make those split-second uh, improvising-type decisions so that you guys could still get ahead and accomplish what it was you were setting out to do. And, and my goodness, what kind of a beta testing is that? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But, um, you know, I want to go back to what you were starting to say. So, first of all, I want to uh, offer my uh, regrets for, you know, the loss of one of your pivotal mentors, the gentleman who wrote that book that was completely Thank instrumental you. in your journey. So sorry about that Thank for your he loss. Was, he, was, he was an absolute legend. And unfortunately, I was, I was uh, on holiday last year. Uh, before I before I sort of moved moved to Spain, I because uh, I moved to Spain last year, I I actually um, had a Facebook group. I was, so I was added to a Facebook group, mm-hmm. and it was the group of his death. Right? Oh, and so I didn't even get anyone send me a message. They just added me to a public Facebook group of the guy's death, and I was just like, I was like, I just started crying immediately. Um, and it, what a bad way to use social media. What you know, I, I, I'm going to say to you, uh, again, no coincidences. And, and we didn't discuss this. I mean, this is all unscripted. So yeah, I mean, we, we, we obviously got familiar with each other and acquainted behind the scenes in preparation for this live broadcast. Um, but I hear you on that one because I had a similar experience as it pertains to the negative aspects of social media and how it was misused. And uh, right along the lines of what you just shared with us, Nate, I found out that my grandmother in England died on Facebook. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. And I knew that she was in poor health leading up to that. And, you know, not that there would be an overwhelming surprise of, of it not being too much longer after that was brought to light that this would be her demise and it probably was around the corner. But to find that out on Facebook, it was it was disheartening, to say the least. So yeah. we share – I mean, we share in a lot of uh, similarities here. Unfortunately, that, that had to be one of them as well. But going yeah, sorry, back- sorry, sorry to, uh, to hear about that. Yeah, thank you. So going back to what you were referencing about the book, the networking, and this gentleman who was pivotal in that, uh, what, what in your experience, uh, call it a blend of personal and professional uh, opinion, what do you believe are the do's and don'ts of networking? And what, is uh, it, and what are people still doing that they shouldn't be doing that's kind of counterintuitive? Oh, I've got some fantastic. I've got some fantastic few points here, which your listeners will, will will really benefit from. And I think the most important thing is, you know, when you're going to a networking event, it's not necessarily the people you're not gonna. You should not be trying to sell to anybody at that networking event. The moment you're trying to sell to someone is the moment you've actually you know, lost the sale, really, because it's not about trying to push anyone to do anything these days. I mean, if if you're not acting like a trusted advisor, I mean, I know it's corny, everyone says this, but if you're not acting like a trusted advisor, finding out what people's problems are and then possibly offering some help to them, then you're going wrong already. I mean, that's that's the first the first major problem. <laughs> the second thing is actually people don't think about who you know. So, for example, I could be at a networking event and I might be talking to someone who sells to the same clients as I want to sell to, yeah? Yeah. They may they may be friends with the clients that I want to sell to, okay? Or the p- perfect referral partner. They may be absolutely able to introduce you to the best person ever yeah mm-hmm. and the moment that people go wrong is when they actually start looking at people's badges yeah 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 this is the biggest mistake this is the mistake i see it i don't go to free networking events anymore because i, I think that those are really really poor generally generally i, I obviously I, I i you know there are obviously exceptions to these things but you generally find at the at the, at the free networking, you will you will find people who are just looking at your badge, and they'll look at your badge, and if your badge isn't big enough and bold enough, and, and uh, then they will ignore you, and and they will even split halfway through a conversation, and say, oh, I've just seen someone I know, and they'll wander off to 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 try and sell to somebody mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. and these are you know. Those those are the worst mistakes that I see, and I mean I think I think that you know I could I could talk about networking for ages. Really. So could I. 
<laughs> do you do you do you have anything that you you think is I, I could I mean I could add a lot to that, but I think you've probably got something you you want you want to say. <laughs> Well, you know, this interview isn't about me. I appreciate you graciously wanting to share in that. Um, I'm quite fine to keep you the subject here of focus and attention. But let's just say that we're on the same page with a lot of what you've cited and what I know to be true about uh, discussions we've had behind the scenes, which is why you are on this show. Because, again, as I say, vibe attracts tribes. So we're very much aligned uh, in professional principles of how to navigate your business, particularly when you're an entrepreneur. And, you know, we talk about uh, disruptive leadership. We talk about being ahead of the curve. We talk about domination. You know, and you've got to be you've got to be truly obsessed about what you're doing to stand out. And it's not to stand out for stand out sake's purpose alone. It's it's. You know, people will pick up on the fact that you staunchly believe in yourself. And if you're not your number one fan, good luck getting anyone else on board. Yeah, yeah, very so, much so, very much so. And I think, I mean, I think when it comes to networking, I think posture is very, very important as well. Yeah. Making making sure that, that you've got some chewing gum. Don't eat garlic just before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not rocket science, is it, at the end of the day, yeah? Right. Um, you know... But but I think also we must remember that in this world of online and offline and everything else, that we need to be bringing our online relationships to offline and then the offline relationships to online so that we're actually bringing uh, – we're strengthening these relationships in both places, yeah. And that's, that's, that's the real kind of principle that I, that I follow, you know. Um, well, so, if, you know, if, if you can connect with someone before the event – then that's fantastic, yeah? If you can't, then you need to connect with them after the event and just monitor social media, just check out what's going on. I mean, I used to be quite heavily into social media until I, until I finally saw the light and, and actually bumped into a brand marketer who was a strategic marketer. And he, he helped me to design my own personal brand. And, and and I think if you if you don't have a clearly defined personal brand, as in you don't know what you do and you don't know how to explain what you do to someone else in English or whatever language you speak, then don't even bother going to a networking event because you're going to waste your time and waste everyone else's time. And don't go online. Don't do anything until you have, you know, a clear definition of the, the most important things. First thing. What do you do in words that people can understand? Yeah. And let me give you an example of that. Right. I was approached the other day by someone on Facebook and I'm an open networker. So generally I will accept people um, and I will just wait for them to try and sell me something. And, And a lot of them try and do this. And sometimes I buy things, sometimes I don't. Right. Right. But but. This guy approached me and every single thing that's, that was said on his Facebook profile was completely the opposite of what he was trying to sell me. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit like going to, going to um, I don't know, a watch shop and then, and then them trying to sell you a car. Honestly, it really right. was shocking. And I turned around to him. I said, look, I'm not being funny. I said, you know nothing about me. You're trying to strip body fat from my body, yeah, right, by selling me some kind of MLM product. I'm, I'm not against MLM, uh, multi-level marketing, for people who don't know, entirely. But what I am against is someone having a lot of pictures of themselves on their Facebook profile when they're clearly they're – clearly have not stripped the fat themselves, and then they're trying to sell me something that's going to help me strip fat when I know how to strip fat anyway. Right. Yeah? <laughs> it was just – I could, I could complain about this guy all day. It, it was shocking. So I'll get to my point, yeah? Point yeah. is, before doing any marketing, and that involves writing your CV, because that is marketing, your curriculum vitae, your CV, okay? Yeah. Um those those documents and your LinkedIn profile and your Facebook and your Twitter and any PR that you're doing, if you don't have a brand blueprint document, like a one-page document that goes through, what do you do in very simple words that a 12-year-old could understand, okay? 
If you can't explain where your source of authority comes from, as in, have you won any awards? Who, who have you worked with? Um, what practices do you use? Et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If you can't explain those two things and why you're different and or better than anybody else, right, don't do anything. Don't go <laughs> <throw> out. <laughs> right? Don't talk to anyone. Don't do anything. Yeah. And this this is, you know, why are you going to trust a recruiter to write a CV or, 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 or your, um, uh, your uh, what's it called? Uh, CV or your... Um, Resume. Resume. Why are you going to trust a recruiter to write that when you don't know why you're better and or different than anyone else? It, Correct. It, 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 you know. So, so I spent a lot of time going over this process with with my mentor at the time. I haven't got I haven't got a mentor anymore because I because I, I've, I have advisors, but I, and I have a coach. I have a, I have a business coach, but I don't have a mentor anymore because. I, I I think I've reached a level where I know what I'm doing. So so I think I think yes, you can have advisors, and it's great to have stepped out of needing a mentor. Um, and he was really brutal. I mean, he he, he worked with over 70 brands, uh, household names. So he rolled out the brand strategy for uh, called Petronas. If you've heard of them. They, they're an oil company in Malaysia. They're 56%, I believe, of the Malaysian economy. So, so he's written, he's written uh, presidential speeches, um, all sorts of different, different companies he's worked for. So he's worked for Remy Martin, um, lots of other different companies. And he was absolutely brutal with me uh, when, I, when, I, when I went to him and I was like, look, you know, let's, let's do some work together. And he, and he helped me to to actually build my personal brand document. And it was exhausting. Absolutely. <laughs> really. Because it, he's a barrister as well, you see, and, and, and with a degree in international business law as well as marketing. So he doesn't – there isn't there are no sort of bedside manners here. It's this kind of just blunt, you know, almost to the point of, of, of rudeness. And – so I, I just I just kind of uh, used that brand blueprint for about two two and a half years, and then IBM IBM during that two and a half year period I was actually approached by IBM and they said look we, we'd love to invite you to Wimbledon we want you to come to Wimbledon so this is in 2015 come to Wimbledon and we're going to give you a tour of the basement and everything else. So I was like, really? Wow, excellent. And, and uh, so they invited me to like some round table events to talk about artificial intelligence within within marketing and within within jobs and everything else. So kind of like a bit of like a, a round table, sort of a think tank kind of a, a conversation. And they invited me to this and all because of my personal brand. Yeah. And and my focus and interest, genuine interest in big data and analytics and artificial intelligence and this kind of stuff, and and that that kind of catapulted me to a place where I was. Uh, let me see, where I was in. They 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 took me to Vegas um, earlier on uh, this year. So I went there and I did I did I did some very interesting uh, training around cognitive marketing and how that works and and and, and everything else and and you know participated within. Uh, the IBM Futurist community, which is basically a think tank of around 80 people globally who who discuss artificial intelligence within marketing and also within work as well. So fantastic. So, so that was yeah, I mean that was that was absolutely fantastic for for for, for my credibility and, and, and also for the knowledge because I'm always striving to know more. I want to be the person that, 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 that informs other people. I want to be the person that, that creates great content to, to put out there into the world that other people share and, and are interested in. And actually, so the whole of last year, I, I, I spent learning how to write. And whilst I was at school, I, I had an English teacher and he was really rude to me. And he used to put me down all the time. And his classes were so boring, yeah, that I used to, I'm, I'm absolutely serious. I probably told you this story the other day, but, but I, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but he was really awful to me. And 
I didn't write anything at all that was worth reading except a sales letter until I was 35. And that was that was six years ago. So then I got to a point where uh, I wanted to take my writing to the next level. So when I when I moved to Spain last year, I was just like, right, OK, I am going to write and I'm going to learn how to write and I'm going to I'm going to nail this and I'm going to make something that people want to read and 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 it engages people and that shares great content and I use the right words and so I spent I spent hours and hours and hours learning how to write and that's really all I did last year pretty much except for uh except for um you know get paid to write some articles for IBM because they actually invited me to write for them and hired me to write for their blog it's a think marketing it's called and and, I, and and when when they did that for me that was in that I think that was in May um I was ju- I was just like yes this is it I finally arrived and I, I can write something that someone wants to read and 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 it was just like all that effort yeah came 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 to the right place and you know you don't get anywhere without doing anything like i I, i'm sick of these kind of coaches out there and this kind of like yeah this effortless living yeah (laughs) i think it's rubbish yeah i'm sorry i think you have to work if you're not going to do the work how are you going to expect to get the results Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, I got to jump in on this because you've said so many yummy things that I think we need to really uh, pull it back a little bit and maybe focus on a few of the points that you said specifically and highlight it with some examples or just to reinforce some clarity around this. Um, So this is great. I love this stuff. I love people like you. So um, (laughs) so a couple of things. Well, the British accent helps, too. Let's not be uh, (laughs) right. I mean, we, you and I could say the same thing, but it's always going to sound better coming out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> that's true. Thank you. That's true. Uh, I, I'm a bit of a, a sucker for English accents. But um, so anyway, um, you know, in terms of let's – yeah, let's go back to what you said about the coaches and people who talk about these things being seamless because I'm going to be perfectly honest. When I, when I was getting interviewed when I first started out, and I, I – like you, I wear a multitude of different hats. So, you know, I don't just do radio and podcasts. I, I write books. I speak. I, you know, I mentor, I coach. I do all those things. And so, but I can quite honestly say, and this is probably only one aspect of my journey where I was able to honestly, authentically reference this where something was seamless. And it was a result of me getting clear and being mentored at the time by the right people. And so when I got exceptionally clear about where I was going and how I was going to navigate my journey, I did seamlessly pump out the content for four children's books but you know what that's where it stopped because once you've produced something that's where the real journey begins because you don't know what you don't know so it's like okay I've never written a book before I need editors I in my case because I started out with children's books even though I've moved on to adult material I need illustrators I need publishers I need all kinds of things and so you know if, if I were to have said okay well if this was easy I was able to manage to pump out four books. Oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. It stopped right there. That's where the real work kicked in. That's where you had to get resourceful. That's where you had to network. That's where you had to bang on doors, go after people who might know something affiliated with the knowledge base of what you're seeking to acquire. And you just you keep going. You just keep yeah. going. And so I think it's really important to oppress upon people. And I think this is what embodies the spirit and the tenacity and the gumption of an entrepreneur. And I want to talk to you about your thoughts on that in a second. Uh, but I just want to finish up my point by saying, um, you know, if if at any point you endure or come up against obstacle or resistance or uh, a perceivable challenge, if everybody walks out of your life or all your crap breaks down, call it computer, call it headphones, call it whatever, websites, whatnot, you know, that's, that's where you're going to be tested. Okay, how much is what you claim to be important to you? that you are fiercely committed to. This is your purpose. This is your DNA. This is a non-negotiable. If you're going to stop or quit or come up with a whole laundry list of excuses as to why it's everybody else's fault uh, for for not showing up or for not doing what they said they were going to do, you know, if you're going to buy into that and tell yourself that story, you are never committed in the first place, ever. 
So I would be really interested, as I'm sure the listeners are too, uh, Nathaniel, you know, what do you, because people talk about entrepreneur and being entrepreneurial and the entrepreneurial spirit and entrepreneurship and all this kind of stuff. What do you really believe is at the crux of being a true 100% authentic entrepreneur? What does that require? What does it entail? What does it consist of? It's it's just relent. It's a relentless daily struggle with what other people think you should do. Yeah, yeah? and that those people care about you. They're your family. They're your friends. Yeah, they might be your. It might be your wife or your husband or whatever. Yeah, and and society's attitude. Yeah, and and. For me, on my journey, I have had to just fight against other people's opinions of what I should do with my life, yeah? And you know what I say? If you want to do something, you just go and do it, yeah? And yeah. and you know what? Those same people are going to come along and congratulate you for succeeding when you, when you do it. They're going to say, oh, I knew you'd do it. And it's just like, do you know what? <laughs> You weren't there for me. You weren't there for me then, yeah. And you ain't there for me now. Goodbye, yeah. And, and, and yeah, yeah. And and that's it, really. And you know, your life. If you decide you want to go down this route, you've got to remember. I mean, I, you, you're gonna have you're gonna have conditioning that is there from from your upbringing, from your parents' beliefs, from from your your. Um, from their parents' beliefs and also from society, from, from television programs that you're watching and, and all these other things that condition you, you know. And I'm really lucky because my dad, he, he's, you know, he's 84, like I was saying, and his dad also went to MIT, yeah. And, and both of those two, they were just born entrepreneurs, yeah. And, 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 they, and my dad always thought big, yeah. He always thought big. And, you know... I think you, people are scared of believing how that they can do something. They're scared of actually, do you know what? I can do something big. I can change the world. I can help other people to do loads of great things. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of like you always know that you're you're destined for bigger things. And it doesn't matter when you actually decide to grow a pair, excuse my French, to oh. grow a pair and, and, and get on with it. If you're sitting there and you're going into your nine to five job or whatever, however many hours you're working, yeah, and you look at yourself in the mirror, yeah, and you know if you're happy or not. I'm not going to sit there and say that you're working for um, whoever, doing whatever, and that's wrong for you. It's none of my business. I couldn't care. It's your problem. It's not my problem. So, so. I'm just getting on with doing what I'm doing. I, I, I've, you know, I've written this book that it's almost ready. I, I'm really, I, I'm so excited that, I, that I'm going to release it soon. It's not very long. It's, it's a short, short book. It's like a handbook. And I've interviewed some amazing people so far on, on, on Next Level Podcast. And, you know, one of those people, he grew a business from six million pounds to three billion pounds a year. Wow. Okay. And... He just said to me, he said, look, it's, it's, it's simplicity, yeah? Business is not difficult. It's simple. It's about communication and relationships and sales. Mm -hmm. And the way he explains it in, one of the, in, in, in the first episode is it's like if you go and you go and try and sell a vacuum cleaner door to door, you knock on the door and you know that out of 100 houses that say, uh, one person will probably buy that vacuum cleaner. 97 people are going to say no. The other two are, are going to say, I'll think about it. And then one is probably going to buy. And, and, and this is all it is. Yeah. And the major problem I think is that, is that it, with entrepreneurialism is that we're all hypnotized by this massive dream of, you know, I'm going to grow the next Uber. I'm going to build the next Skype. Yeah, it's like, do you know, you, you, that is one of the most difficult things to do to build something that big. Yeah. And and actually, why don't you just why don't you just try and build something that you enjoy doing instead like of Lego? Like what? Sorry. Lego. Lego. Yeah. Well, whatever. It doesn't it doesn't matter, does it? I mean, that's why I, I'm really enjoying the personal brand thing, because I, I'm just in the process of working with a, an award winning photographer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And artist. He's been doing this for 21 years. 
and it's really exciting to be working with him. So we're going to be putting on some workshops and those workshops are, are going to be around personal brand and photography and how you use photography to build your personal brand. Yeah. Okay. So, so those things go hand in hand. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, just keep banging your head against the wall, really, entrepreneurialism, until you find that one thing that you really love to do. Yes. Yeah. And that may change. That it may it may change. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love words now. I love wording. I love writing. And and I spent some time doing his his brand blueprint document for him uh, a few days ago, and it was so exciting to see his face when it had been done. It was so exciting to to just to just feel that that positivity coming back from him. Uh, yeah. It's almost like, you know, we all go through life coaching and we have business coaches and everything else nowadays. And in, in the UK, we're afraid to stand up and say, hey, this is me. I'm really good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the problem. We're, we're scared. A lot of people are scared because they're worried about what people are going to say to them. Yeah. And you know what? On social media now, you've got a great button. It's called block. Yeah. And, <laughs> and my business, my business associate, Garen, uh, we do we, we, we do the personal branding course uh, profile jetpack we, we've got. And he's also the co-host of the Next Level podcast. And we he literally he said I said to him, Garen, I've got this. This guy's trolled me. And he, he said this. He said, just block him. And. You don't even entertain talking to these internet trolls, yeah? Right, right. Just block them. It doesn't matter what they say to you. You just got to get on with it. Get on with your life, yeah? And do something you enjoy, you know? And and if it helps other people, then that's even better, yeah? I mean, I I found something that really does help other people, yeah? So I can make a living and help other people. I mean, you know, well, I've got some I... funny stories to tell you. I mean, literally a few years ago, right? So yep. when I was when I left my dad's place, when I was trying, when I was trying to, I was I was I was convinced by my girlfriend who who later became my wife, and I'm not with her anymore because she drove me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> because her opinion of life is: you get a job, you work for 25, 30 years, you have a pension, you have a house, you pay off the mortgage, and then you die. Yeah. <laughs> My life is not like that. I want to live my life. I want to achieve things. I want to enjoy every moment of every day if I can. I'm not saying I do, but at this point, when I, when I, I'm sorry to go back to this point, but it's quite a funny story, yeah? So yeah. I went to, I went to an interview because she convinced me that I needed to get a job. So I, I went and I got a, I got a job, right? Or well, I tried to get a job with this. So this before I actually managed to get my clients for my, for my, for my business. And she said, right, go to this interview. So my friend Louie, bless him, he's he's fantastic guy. He said, I've got this great sales job, yeah? And and uh, and there's a load of us. We're in a call center. And if you need some money, you can come and, and work there. So I was like, all right, uh, get me an interview. Okay. So so I got an interview in this in this in this business, right? And I sat down, I sat opposite the CEO, yeah? And mm-hmm. And he looked at me and I looked at him. I said, nice to meet you. And he looked at me and he just stared at me in the eyes and he said, you look like shit. <laughs> Absolutely serious. Yeah. And I was in shock. I was in shock. And I just sat there and I was like, I was, you know, I mean, I've been doing martial arts for like a long time by this point. And I, and I you know, I'm quite in control of my, of my temper and stuff. But I was so in shock. I didn't know what to say. And I just uh-huh. looked at him. And the funny thing about it was, is that about three months or two months later, I found out that he was actually on the run from the police. He was he was selling fake Jatropha oil investments, yeah, on the telephone with a call center of about 50 people and none of them got paid. You wow. think about that. None of those people got paid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to say something. This is my this is my spin and takeaway from that story. And, I mean, it's hilarious, but, I mean, there's always a lesson in something, right? I mean, yeah. it can be masked and mired in humor or tragedy or whatever, but there's always a nugget in there. If you see it and you find it and you grab it and you embrace it for the gift that it is, I mean, it's amazing yep. what things do to catapult you. So the way I look into that is – 
I think because energy is everything. And you're obviously a very confident person. You're a very successful person. You're very committed to what's important to you, tuning out the naysayers, tuning out the critics, and just honoring what's important to Nathaniel Schooler. So I think this guy being the crook that he was, uh, really coming from a place of deceit, coming from a place of disillusioning people, he sat across from you and your energy and everything that you embody and stand for transmitted something to him where he thought, this guy's got my number. This guy's yeah. got my number. This guy can see right through me. And so people who have things to hide, they tend to get a little bit neurotic. They tend to get paranoid. They drop the ball. They make mistakes. So he probably knew that he had met his match in that chair sitting across from him and probably thought, oh, my God, you know, you got, you know, best defense is to go on the offense. So he, he probably thought, okay, well, I'm not feeling comfortable with the energy of this guy. Mm-hmm. I probably, you know, this guy can probably see through me. So I'm just going to throw him a curveball and say what nobody would expect in this type of a situation of being interviewed by somebody at his supposed stature with his supposed uh, prestige and, and uh, qualifications yeah. and whatnot. So I think he just tried to rattle somebody who couldn't be rattled. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was you're... it was very it was very it was very very funny. I mean, what I did after that is I actually went and I saw my godfather. And my godfather, uh, I was very lucky. My my parents chose me the best godfather. He was he's he's so cool. Yeah, he basically um, he was the chairman of a, of, a, of a distillery in Scotland, and so I went to see him in London. I was like, look, I'm thinking about going into starting my own brewery. Yeah. <laughs> And I found one, and I think I'm gonna. I think I'm I'm gonna go into brewing and and actually buy an existing brewery and 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 take it on. So I've been through multiple different ideas to create businesses. My father he used to buy uh, companies that were in receivership, and he would keep the staff, most of them, the the good ones. Um, he would he would keep all the equipment. He would he would move the business and he would put it into our existing business. And he did this a number of times. Yeah. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't work. I mean, I've, ha- I've had to sell equipment yeah, for him. We had we had like an apple juicing uh, business that we got involved with. And uh, we I sold the equipment from that, you know, because we didn't we chose to not do apple juice. You know, it was a big diversion for us. So I had many opportunities to go into being my own boss and running my own business. But actually, all the experiences that I learned from each thing, each route that I tried to go down and I banged my head on the wall and went the wrong way, I picked up a new experience and that built determination. And that's the same with every job, every job that people go to. It builds determination and it builds new skills and it also don't forget, every time you do something you don't enjoy and you don't like, you put a picture in your mind of what you do like. Yes, by contrast, absolutely, right? Sometimes yeah. it's the common denominator, and you could say that with anything, you know, looking at the, your type of upbringing, for example, just to parallel it with something that might be a little bit more relatable to the audience that's listening. You know, if you didn't like the way that you were brought up, you didn't like the way that you were parented, you didn't agree with some of the values or some of the lessons, you know, when you become a parent yourself, it doesn't necessarily mean history is going to repeat itself. It means as an adult, you have the opportunity through learning the lessons, doing the work, uh, getting very clear on, okay, I, you know, I want, I want to have a different story here. I want to build a different legacy and I want to have different generation of, 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 uh, healthiness and whatnot. So just paralleling it, you know, pulling that out of the sky. But anyway, you know what, Nathaniel, our time always goes so quickly here. We've got seven minutes, more likely probably six at this moment. So I'd like to know where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Where can people buy this book and your podcast and everything? Well, the, the best place is actually to go to my website, and that's www.nat, N-A-T, and then schooler, which is like a school with an E-R, dot com. And there's a sign-up box on the right. I've literally just been revamping my website. I've still got a lot of work to do, but there are some great articles there. I've got some articles on artificial intelligence. I've got uh, distraction in the digital age. So I've got a story about when I went to Guatemala and across the border. I've got all sorts of really cool stories on there, actually, of, of things that I've done and things like this. So enter your name and email into the box on the right-hand side. And as soon as the book is ready, I will, I will, uh, I will let you guys know. And obviously, maybe send like one email a week because I don't send too many emails. I think it drives people a bit crazy, really. 
Um, alternatively, there's nextlevelpodcast.com. And and uh, and you can you can actually uh, go to iTunes and, and go to Next Level Podcast as well, and that's with Garen and I. And we will we will we will be um, uh, helping a lot more people with their personal brands. We've got we've got uh, a couple of options, and they're on my website as well. Actually, I uh, I've also just just launched a content writing. Uh, kind of business with a, with a, with a, with a, with an associate of mine and we actually go out online and we listen to conversations that are happening online and we actually take insights from those conversations and then we write articles about about whatever else is out there and what the conversations are talking about so that's, yeah so that's that's really cool it's something that I'm doing right now as well but I'm trying to keep it really focused because I think you can you can you, the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make is they think they can do everything. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't do everything all at once. The mm-hmm. more things that you do, the more you dilute your margin, and you also dilute your credibility and your authority. You need to specialize if you want if you want to charge good money and not and not become a commodity. Yeah, then mm-hmm. you've got to specialize and keep really focused. So for me, it's about brand wording, brand marketing content writing and the the social listening fits into that really so yeah fantastic well i just want to say i really appreciate the gift of your time and i love the fact that we through our discussion nate you were able to impart a lot of important lessons you know you used a lot of funny examples to cite what the fundamental core uh point was and purpose to what you were trying to illustrate and i think you articulated that beautifully in a way as you said right from the top of the hour you can't express it as if you were talking to a 12-year-old and use simple words and simplify it, then the message and the meaning gets lost on everybody. So I want to thank you for honoring that and being consistent and congruent with that. I want to say that, uh, you know, you're always welcome to come back on the show when other things are up and launched. I uh, would love to share that with the listening audience, and I want to continue or wish you continued success. And I just want to say that I think you're doing a lot of amazing things, and you're truly a breath of fresh air, especially in the business world. So keep shining, my friend. Keep shining. Uh, to my listening audience, I want to say thank you once again for taking time out of your schedule for tuning in to Lisa McDonald here, Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Again, listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. I also want to thank you for being one of 300,000 Living Fearlessly podcast subscribers. Can't do this without you. Really means a lot to me to know that the particular guests I'm bringing onto the show, they're resonating with you, you're reaching out, you're providing feedback. Feedback. Uh, so thank you so very much for that. Want to wish everybody a fantastic weekend. Be safe. Be you. Be humble. Be grateful. But more importantly, as well, live fearlessly too. Take care. All my best. Love and gratitude. Bye bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.